Hey, Misfits. Welcome back to the Misfits and Mysteries podcast. We are your weekly podcast coming out every Thursday, and we cover everything from Bigfoot and aliens to psychology and history and everything in between. We are your hosts, Emmy. And Steve. So Steve, how are we doing? How was your weekend? It was good. I was on vacation last week. I'm back now. I had a very busy weekend. I was at my sister's all day yesterday, which was fun, but ate up a Saturday, you know? And today... I was outside from like 7.45 a.m. until about 5.45-ish p.m. What were you doing? I, so I woke up at like 7.30. I didn't eat breakfast or anything. My dad and I left to go to Home Depot at 7.45. I was gardening all day and I went fishing. So I got up early. We went to Home Depot. We bought a bunch of vegetables. And then my dad went to go play tennis. And, and I literally emptied our composter. I... Emptied all of our, uh, we have um, earth boxes for growing plants in outside. Great product if you're trying to grow anything really, like vegetables, whatnot. Highly recommend if we're sponsored. But basically I did that. I had to empty the old soil and there's some spots where we have bad soil in our yard. So I dumped it there. Then I had to carry all these fucking bags of dirt. I had to fill the things Then I had to plant. Then I had to take the compost, dump it into different areas. We want stuff. I don't know if you ever composted before, but- Composted soil will sprout whatever seeds you throw in it. So last year, we had a lot of peppers and cucumbers and stuff that planted themselves because nice. of compost. So I did that. And then I took all the soil and covered it up. I was working on that until like 3.30 because I just took all day. This manual labor. And then I went fishing and I didn't catch anything. I did see a cute little fish. I'll send you a picture of it. It swam right up near me. I'm ready. But yeah, so I've been on my feet all day. It's been nice, but I'm just tired. Yeah, that's it a little fun, guy. Though. It's the black like line in the middle. It was a little fishy. Aw, he's cute. I don't think I had a hook small enough to even catch it. I thought about trying to palm it, but it just didn't work. I found a good spot with some activity towards the end. All right, so I got caught on a tree today. Usually I just cut the lines like fuck it. But yeah. I have my favorite lure, the Whopper Plopper, which is like 15 bucks. Another company that'd be great if they sponsored us because their products are expensive. And I'm like, I'm not losing this to a tree. So I got in like a 20 minute battle with this tree, got my lure back. And then I was doing something and I accidentally ripped the monofilament off the braid. And I was like, this is a disaster. I don't have pliers to cut the braid. So I was like, screw it. I'm done fishing for the day. That sounds like a disaster. <laughs> I mean, it was nice though. It was like 85 degrees here. It's nice being outside on the water, you know? Mm -hmm. What about yourself? How was your weekend? My weekend was good. It was very chill. There's two new shows I started watching that I want to tell you about. So the first one, it's called SpongeBob DocuPants. Have you heard of this? No, what is that? So it's a mockumentary about SpongeBob's life. And it's real people being interviewed, obviously actors, real people, not cartoons, being interviewed. And they're like, he just had this awful neighbor Squidward. It was so funny and very nostalgic for me because SpongeBob was my favorite show of all time. So I binged that for a little bit. It got kind of old after a while, but it's cute. What platform is that on? It's on Prime. I might check out a few episodes. That seems like that's like a really great premise, but repetitive. Exactly. I mean, it was good because I was a little bit tired and didn't really want to do anything. It's like a good like zone out show. And then I just ended up watching normal SpongeBob. It's even better as an adult. You actually understand it. So the last time I saw SpongeBob 
was the last time I went to my pediatrician, right? <laughs> I think it was when I was like 21, which yeah. is still a little old for that. I was in that phase where I hadn't graduated college yet and I was still allowed to go. And I'm like, you know what? I'm planning on moving to the city. I'm not going to find a new doctor for one year. Or oh, for I had my pediatrician you know? for way too long. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, the only reason I stopped going to my pediatrician was that he moved practices and it was just far too inconvenient to drive to Connecticut. I went to my pediatrician when I was 22 and he was like, you can't come here anymore. He was like, I can't be your doctor. <laughs> oh my God. This is the first year that I went to a dentist that wasn't my pediatric dentist and I'm 24. Oh <laughs> I mean, granted, the entire time I was 23, it was COVID, so I didn't go to any dentist, but yeah. I was a 22-year-old rolling up to an orthopedic dentist place. It's so hard to find a new doctor. It's just such a hassle. I know. It's so much work. And like, I've been going to the same doctor since I was born. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You have a relationship. But now it's like you don't want to go from Manhattan to upstate New York. Yeah. Every time you go to the doctor. I know. That's what Uh, I'm doing. Yeah. So what else did you start watching? Okay. So stop me if I've already told you about this show, but it's called Alone. You've not told me. So very different premise. Basically, they take 10 people Mm -hmm. and they put them in different parts of the Alaskan wilderness by themselves. They give them a huge camera setup Mm -hmm. and they film themselves living in the very harsh Alaskan wilderness. And the last person standing, like the last person that doesn't call for help to be rescued wins. And people stay out there for months. Well, I mean, there's people who live out there like that. If you live really in the thick of the wilderness, some of these people have cabins in the woods, whatever. If you sprain an ankle, you're done. You have to leave. If you eat a bad piece of meat and get sick, you have to leave because you're dehydrated and you're going to die. I feel like Alaska is easy not to get dehydrated, though. As long as you keep a fire going, you can just melt snow. If you get food poisoning or something. Do they make you leave for like liability reasons? Well, usually they just call themselves in. I bet it's a liability thing. Make them sound like a waivers. They can't be responsible for killing people. I know. They do get a health check-in every 10 days. Why does the fucking lamp have to be haunted and turn off randomly? I don't know. I just think the problem is that the guy wasn't a real electrician who set it up. He (laughs) was an apprentice electrician. I'm going with it's haunted, so. I love how the only thing that's haunted in my house is the newest addition to my room. (laughs) A fan slash lamp. That was set up by like a guy who wasn't even a legit electrician. Well, anyways, those are the two shows that I'm watching right now. They sound interesting. Very I'm definitely to check out the SpongeBob one. So to transition to what we're doing now, this episode yeah. is going to be a little bit different than what we usually do when we have guests on. This week we have Michael McHenry. He is a former Major League Baseball player. He played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Rockies, the Boston Red Sox. I think he was in the Cardinals at one point. He played all over the place. He in the He's, he's a true journeyman. Awesome, awesome dude. We're going to go Bigfoot hunting with him. <laughs> I actually found an article, which of course is on my other computer. So stay tuned for that a different time about the best places in California to see Bigfoot. So we're going to do that with Michael. It's going to be a sweet time. This week's going to be a little different. The interview is pretty long. So we're going to just have a quick segment about the interesting story I found. Then we're going to have our interview with Michael. And before we start, here are some announcements. I was on vacation last week, so damn lights turned off. Guys, the light in Steve's room keeps turning off and it's really scary. It's a real pain in the ass. If I leave the fan running, it works, but I don't want the fan running so the mic picks it up. 
Okay. So what I was going to say is I was on vacation last week, so I did not do the newsletter. We did not talk about doing the newsletter. You know, it kind of snuck up on us. We do the first Friday every month. This is the first time I did deal with the first Friday of the month being first day of the month. Yeah. The first day of the month. Yeah. So it's coming out tomorrow. Instead, you can sign up on misfitsandmysteries.com and check out our blogs. Other announcements. I went on Dads on Dayquil. I think that's coming out this week. We just talked about aliens, conspiracies, a bunch of fun stuff like that. Go check it out. They're hysterical guys. I had a lot of fun. Emmy had food poisoning, so she was not able to join us like oh, intended. Sad. Another thing that I did a while back that's supposed to come out this week, they should check out, is October Pod. Their YouTube channel, they do scary story things they asked me to try and do a voice actor i don't think i did a great job i tried my best i'm really bad at reading out loud as emmy knows from doing this show because i edit out stuff so you should check them out it was interesting it was kind of fun but it was weird talking to myself you know yeah so i'd recommend checking that out it was a good time i'll link to both those in the show notes and as always, if you like the show, please leave a five-star review and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Before we hop into our interview with Michael McHenry, I have a fun little story I found from World War I about a sea monster that attacked German U-boats. And I have two stories. Yeah. Okay. So are you ready to hop into that? I am very ready. All right. These are out of order, but is the order that I took my notes in, so too bad. All right. Let's do it. April 30th, 1918, a British patrol boat off the coast of Ireland spotted a German submarine, and obviously they're expecting a battle, so the Brits fired torpedoes at them, but did not receive any return fire, and were surprised by how willing the Germans were to surrender. When questioned, German commander Captain Gunther Kretsch explained that the U-boat surfaced at night to recharge its batteries. But as the Germans floated up, a massive sea monster crawled up the side of the sub. The creature had giant eyes, devilish horns, and an impressive set of knife-like teeth. The creature creature attacked the forward-mounted gun, latching on with its mouth and attempted to rip apart the ship. The horrified Germans began firing, but the creature was dead set on having a U-boat for dinner. As it gnawed away, the monster began twisting the sub upside down and moments away from sinking beneath the waves, the sailors unloaded their guns, forcing the beast to retreat. What does its body look like? Do we know? I couldn't find anything reliable, but I think one of the theories is a goblin shark. Do you know what those are? No. Google a goblin shark. They're horrific. But I think that's the going theory is that a big goblin shark bit onto them. Oh, what? These things are terrifying. What the Luckily f- for us, though. They're real. Goblins, yeah, those are real. They're very, very deep sea creatures. Luckily for us, though, they only eat crustaceans, octopi, and squids. So it probably didn't latch onto their boat. I imagine they were just afraid of something. You know how this stuff goes. Yeah, a good it- fish story. And then the submarine was too damaged to dive, but before the monster could return, the British arrived. So there's no evidence that this actually happened. And in fact, the British report says nothing about the sea monster. And there's one article that reported a lot of details. They're really skeptical about it. But as you know, and if you're a recurring listener, I'm typically pretty skeptical about things. When it comes to the ocean, I believe pretty much anything could be real because we keep discovering some wild shit in there. I believe they're not lying. Right? I believe some creepy, crazy thing latched onto their ship. 
if they were like, oh, some blah, 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 blah happened while we were in like a forest in Russia, I'd be like, no, it didn't. But anything with the deep sea, I'm not skeptical about the deep sea. I believe anything absurd you say can happen in the deep sea. Maybe not Godzilla. Really in the deep sea, right? It's a U-boat, so it goes deep under the water. Oh, true. So okay. A U-boat is a submarine. If you didn't yeah. Know. So one of the theories about why the British just said that they sunk the ship is that I mean, one is that there's a cover-up, but that seems unlikely. What I think the most likely explanation is, is that the German people were freaking out, and they probably just didn't believe them. They probably like, this is an absurd story. Maybe he's just making it up because he's embarrassed that they got captured, you know? Yeah. So, who knows? And this second one happened in the same area. It was outside of Belfast, 60 miles away from Belfast, Ireland. This is another German U-boat commander. Commander... Friar George G. von Froekster testified on July 30th, 1915, that the U-23 Schmidt, which I believe is the name of his U-boat, or could be a type of U-boat. I did not Google exactly that because I didn't care. <laughs> so it was prowling the waters off Fastnet Rock, which is about 60 feet off the coast of Belfast, Ireland. And when it came across a ship called the Iberian, it's a British cargo ship, and it was carrying mostly trucks and jeeps. Because they're at war, obviously, because World War I, they fired a torpedo, which blew a massive hole in the ship, which caused her to sink, sending the 61 crew members to a watery grave. About 25 seconds after sinking, there was an immense underwater explosion that sent a huge plume of water into the air, sending wreckage all over the place and badly damaging the U-boat. No one really knows why it exploded, but the theory is it was mostly like Jeeps. So there's probably a lot of gasoline and yeah. stuff. So besides the debris flying everywhere, reportedly the explosion threw a giant sea reptile of some sort out of the water, hurling it 80 feet into the air while the ah! horrified crew looked onwards. The creature plummeted back into the sea and was thrashing about the wreckage before its presumably dead body sunk to the bottom of the ocean. So all the crew members didn't die? In the U-boat? Yeah. The U-boat was fine. They blew up a cargo ship. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. So they blew up the cargo ship. The monster was described as an aquatic crocodile around 60 feet long with a head that tapered to a point, long pointed tail, and four legs of the webbed feet. Unfortunately, this happened in 1915. So everyone is dead by now. And I think they might have died in World War One. We're never going to know what actually happened because the only people who were on that crew are dead. Interesting. And it was like a crocodile kind of thing? Yeah. Like a Mosasaurus is? No. I mean, Mosasaurus has to be extinct. There's no way it's still alive. But I mean. I'm looking at it on, uh, on Google right now. Yeah. You see how big that thing is? That's a pretty big fucking thing. <laughs> I mean, it does look like an alligator, though. That's my thought process. Those things cannot still be alive. There's no way. You never know, though. As you said, like, the deep sea, we don't know what the fuck is under there. No, we don't. The reason I can't believe they still exist is the prey that they eat just doesn't exist anymore. They still hunt dinosaurs. Everything else has evolved. I'm sure they would have evolved, too. To eat different prey. Yeah, but they'd have to get smaller, I'd assume. The mosasaurs are interesting because they're actually related to a monitor lizard. Do you know what monitor lizards are? Yes. So they're related to monitor lizards that way back in the day became aquatic to not get killed by dinosaurs. And eventually they all got huge. 
I mean, if it's that big, how is that going to hurl it up 80 feet in the air? Are you kidding me? Look how big this thing is. You never know. All right, Emmy. Yes? You want to buy me this Mosasaurus toy? It's from Jurassic Park. It's going to cost $51.99. No. (laughs) Please. What is it? It's an action figure. It's mouth opens and it's a little, here, I'll send it to you. I think you'll change your mind when you see how cool it is. Let's see this. All right, this is pretty cool. I don't think it's $51.99 <laughs> cool, but it's Look pretty sweet. Look at that sweet. tail, though. It's kind that of thing's gigantic. Tail. This just reminds me of our Kraken episode. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they described a giant squid, but it could be. That's the one that's probably a mosasaur. The description doesn't fit, but the giant eyes latching on, that just... I yeah I agree that felt very cracking to me that's why I asked what his body looked like but Steve if you look in the Amazon thing if you scroll down to the reviews there's just a bunch of pictures of kids holding their little mosasaurus and they look so happy oh my god did you I'm sorry I have to play this video of a kid dressed as a shark oh Oh my god oh my god there's a video of them playing it's so cute oh how did 11 people dislike this video? What are you looking at? I don't videos see for it. You don't see a video of a little kid. Those little children just having fun playing oh, with toys. Oh, okay. Anyway, let's get into our interview with Michael McHenry. Hey, Misfits. So we're back with a super special guest this week. We have Michael McHenry. He's a former professional baseball catcher. Most recently, he played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, but he's also played for the Colorado Rockies, St. Louis Cardinals, and now he's a studio analyst for the Pirates on their pregame and postgame shows. So welcome, Michael. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you. And I am a misfit. That's one of my favorite (laughs) terms. (laughs) I'm happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself to kind of kick us off? So you want me to be my own hype man? Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes, please. Yeah, just born and raised in Tennessee, grew up in Knoxville, went to Middle Tennessee State University after high school, played baseball, left my junior year, still haven't finished, made a promise to my mom, kind of regret that. Um, that I would finish, but I'm going to finish at some point and played baseball for 14 years professionally. Pretty much lived or played in just about every city in the continental United States. I even got a stint in Hawaii for eight weeks. Oh, wow. wow. And I'm doing something now in broadcast and um, pre and post analyst that I never in a million years would have dreamed I'd be doing. When I grew up, I had two learning disabilities. Couldn't speak in front of people. I was shy. And I was always a step or two behind in reading English and everything else. Now I'm literally in the media. I do a lot of podcasts. I speak a lot for a living. I teach. I do a bunch of different stuff that I never thought I'd do. So I always tell people, never put limits on yourself because you never know. That's incredible. So that's a great way to start off my first question. So in my opinion, I think minor league baseball teams have the absolute best logos and team names. I guess it's a two-parter, right? So what's your favorite team just solely based on the logo or jersey or name that you played for? And I guess the continuation is what's like your favorite just in general that's out there that you've played against? All right. So best I played for was High A, the Modesto Nuts. I know that team. It was a nut. <laughs> that was our hat. It was a nut. And my wife's grandmother used to say, you're married to a nut. And you know that song? Like, you're a nut. 
You're not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're not, yeah. So it became a running joke. And probably my favorite, I got to catch up on my uh, minor league trivia, but I like the yard goats. I yeah. Just, I played for the yard goats. Like, I can't lose, you know? Yeah. <laughs> undefeatable, in my opinion. So I really, really like the yard goats. Yeah, they're in Hartford, right? Connecticut. Yes. My brother works for their office in Hartford. He only had to go in the office like two or three times a week. In season, they go to yard goat games all the time. Oh, it's a blast. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't been to a minor league baseball game, I mean, I have to speak very highly of major league baseball because that's what I'm a part of, but mm -hmm. there's some type of special family and tradition and love for the game that kind of has an aura around minor league baseball compared mm -hmm. to major league baseball. The only minor league game I've been to is I went to a Buffalo Bisons game when I was yeah. working in Buffalo and they were really bad that year. I went on dollar beer night with one of my buddies from Buffalo and there was a rain delay and they still lost in two hours. No, oh, no. Wow, yeah, that's a tough thing. Literally, dollar beer night. Yeah, dollar beer night. I think that's big They were playing whatever Lehigh's team is. I swear to God, the pitcher on Lehigh didn't get a single strikeout. Every time the ball was pitched, it was a pop fly to like right field and caught. It was absurd. Was it early in the year? Um, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, July. It's a tough place to play when it's cold, man. Ooh. Well, it's it wasn't that early. It was, it was July though. It was like pretty warm. Oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but. It was really fun, but it was the fastest baseball game I've ever seen. If you get a chance to go back to a Buffalo game, as of right now, the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be playing there because Canada is completely shut down. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be their home park as of, I believe, May 15th. Mm -hmm. so oh, nice. So that, it's really cool for the you know, city of New York and or the state of New York and the city of Buffalo to have a Major League Baseball team, you know, right there. It's a pretty nice stadium, actually, I will say. It's too small to be Major League, but it's a nice stadium and it's a fun time. Absolutely. Yeah. And we both spent a lot of time in upstate New York. We went to college in upstate New York. So beautiful yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. So you never played for the Vermont Lake Monsters or played against yeah. them? I did not. I did not. That's our favorite. Unfortunately, changing their logo to the name to the Maple Kings is no longer a champ, is their mascot. It's a little sad, but that is sad. Are they in a ceremony or anything? Let them off the right way? I hope so. I'm not really sure. All I, I know, know they're is selling off all their gear. Yeah. All I know is they're selling off all their the gear. The only benefit when they change things is the yeah. gear. We'll flip that gear quick. It's a shame. So another question I have for you that my dad wants to know is, so what baseball team did you grow up rooting for? And was it kind of weird becoming a Pirates fan or a Colorado fan or like a Red Sox fan? So I grew up Atlanta Braves because we had Turner, the network. It was mm -hmm. really the only network we had in the East Tennessee area, mm -hmm. you know, we got WGN and we got a little bit of Cincinnati Reds, but really, if you wanted to watch baseball, you watch Maddox, Glavin and the crew. And they were so good, especially in the, I guess, early nineties, late nineties, early two thousands. They were just absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Chip Jones, you know, one of my favorite players. I'll never forget. And I have a picture at my, in my house, in my bonus room, uh, Chipper Jones hitting and me catching. And that's a memorable moment. You'll never forget. You know, facing guys like Tim Hudson and guys you looked up to that played for the Braves, you know, special moment that maybe gets put in the back burner too often. You should probably reminisce a lot more, but it was really, really special. And then, you know, when I got traded to the Pirates, mm -hmm. I knew nothing about the Pirates. I knew they had Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla at times, but it was the Pirates, you know, they, they mm -hmm. were on, I believe, a 17-year losing streak. They mm -hmm. hadn't had a winning season. So luckily when I went there, I got to be a part of that. We kind of climbed out of the trenches uh, that 20th year. We made it to the playoffs. So it was it was a place that became home to me. And it was mm -hmm. a place that kind of adopted me in a weird sense because I was gritty and 
worked hard. So I'm very appreciative of the city, but when I first went there, I knew nothing. Yeah. And Colorado speaks for itself. It's one of the best places in the world. If you haven't been to Colorado, Denver, you know, if you go to Aspen, any of those places, the ski resorts are beautiful. It's a place that everyone should visit at some point. You can really tell that God was an artist when he made the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been, but I've heard it's beautiful. I mean, out of college, I mean, I'm glad I didn't because I ended up hating the industry I was in and I was really bad, but I was trying to get a job out in Colorado. I've heard great things about Denver. I want to visit it so badly. Yeah, you, you guys got to get out and take some time and go around Denver, yeah. Colorado Springs, get into Boulder, just have fun. It's, it's a very special place and go to the Great Sand Dunes National mm-hmm. Park. Just some giant sand hills. You feel like a little kid. It's a blast. That's awesome. awesome. So I guess a continuation of that question that my dad also want to know is, did you become like a Pittsburgh? Guess questions from Steve's dad. Yeah, just my dad. He had a lot of questions, not about baseball, but just about sports fandoms. Just funny. Oh, that's Um, cool. cool. Did you become like a Steelers fan and all the local teams? Or are you still like a Tennessee fan? Like a Titans? I am a Titans fan, but it's Mm. because I have guys that I've known since college work their way through with the Titans. So it makes mm-hmm. it a little bit more special for me to root for the Titans because, you know, you have your hometown MTSU guys, you know, is part of that. Uh, one of my friends is on the Vikings, so I root for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have to be a Steelers fan. If you are in black and gold in any sport, you have to root for the other black and gold. Mm-hmm. So if the Titans and the Steelers are playing, I go silent. Mm-hmm. I don't say a word. You won't see my feed on Twitter really doing much because I don't want to get into it. But, I mean, easy to root for. I mean, the hockey team's good. The football team's been really good. And the baseball team's kind of had some ups and downs. But being a part of that family, it's just easy to root for. They want to win. Mm-hmm. A city like that, what else could you want? That makes sense. That's what's so interesting about being a sports fan is it feels like you kind of have to be attached to it from the moment you're born. But I feel like if you're a player and you're swapping around to different teams you can't really be that attached you have to be a little bit more fluid which is interesting yeah i don't think i was ever really a good sports fan until i was done playing now Mm -hmm. i actually care more about the wins and losses and the transactions and the moves when i was playing it's just too hard to keep up with and if you do keep up with it that's your livelihood so you may see a move and be like oh man why'd that happen that's gonna be blocking me and blah blah blah. gets Mm -hmm. you in a bad place mentally so i just stayed away from it and i think now the way the world works with social media, the ability to, you know, make bets in just about any ballpark in real time, all the activities they have at the ballpark, they're trying to make it more of a, hey, you can be a fan or you can just want to come have fun. And I think Mm -hmm. that's interesting. Well, kind of a continuation of what we were talking about earlier with mascots. How do you feel about the pirate? Do you identify with the pirate mascot? Well, See, I think they've kind of missed, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I feel like they've missed on the marketing side. We should have a pirate ship yeah. in Allegheny. There's so no, much you can do. Just so like the- you can do, right? Yeah, like the box. Yeah, exactly. We should have a pirate ship out there. When you hit a home run, a lot of times the call is, a cannonball coming. Why not shoot off a cannon? I would yeah. gladly man that. No problem. <laughs> I'd do it for free. Cannon in Allegheny would be a blast, right? I, I think that would be so many awesome. things you can do. That seems if, you like a if you haven't had a chance, go look up the Renegade. I'll have to look up his handle, but they have a little area. It's on the third tier of the concourse area out in left field, just foul. And this guy and his buddies dress up in a full pirate outfit every single home game. It's awesome. And they just started playing a little bit of that on the scoreboard. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I just Googled it. I hope they, <laughs> oh, I I hope they run with it. 
I really hope they run with it. Isn't that yeah. cool? That's yeah. really awesome. Like, you got to do like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do, where they shoot off the cannons when there's a touchdown. I'm working on it. Trust me, I'm working on it. I agree 100%. That is a missed marketing opportunity right there. Yeah, I mean, which I like it, it's not like you're a yard goat. Like, there's a lot of places you can go with a pirate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can be a nice pirate, a mean pirate. I mean, I just think it creates a great identity for a team and a city to get behind. I think that would be really fun. All right. So another question I have is while doing some research about you, I found back in 2020, you told a story on air that you sort of casually mentioned about how there was a delay in one of your minor league games of the hostage situation. They came at me with that. Just dumb, you, wasn't can it? you please like elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind yeah. of brushed over it. I'm like, what the heck? I need to know what happens. Yeah. That was the weirdest thing. I got the message from my boss. They're like, really? They're trying to clown you on this story. I'm like, yeah, like it didn't happen. Like, so we're in, Visalia, I believe, California. I'm now playing a lot of cities, I think, or mm-hmm. Bakersfield. It was one of the two cities. So we heard before we left to go to the ballpark. So in the minor leagues, you all ride together. In the big leagues, you know, maybe take a cab or whatever. We all ride together on the bus. We mm-hmm. get there, there's blockades. And our manager somehow talks them into letting us in. And we don't even get out of the bus before they're like, no, 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 get back in the bus, get back in the bus. They made us bounce. We had to go back to the hotel until it was all, I guess, situated out, but they had snipers in the uh, lights of the field. I took someone hostage inside their house with the knife. So oh the God. California SWAT team was there on hand. It was one of the craziest things. So we got in, literally- In the stadium? Huh? In the Everybody stadium? Yes, yes. No, no, no. Right outside the stadium. Oh, okay. Because oh it was God. kind of built right into a neighborhood. Yeah. And, you know, somebody took someone hostage inside a house and- there's a full SWAT team there. They were negotiating. It was crazy. That is insane. Yeah. They asked me what was the weirdest delay. That's the weirdest delay. Just saying. Yeah, I days go. Yeah, I don't think you can really top that. Yeah, I mean Breaking Bad right before a game. Of course, that's that's crazy. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> did you end up still playing? We did. We did. That's gonna shake you up a little bit, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, once we found out it was a knife situation, it was all handled well. It was a mental health issue. So like, luckily they were able to talk him down. Everything was okay. I don't know how it would have been if it was the other way around. You know, if something bad would have happened, that could have shaken up a lot of guys, especially me, because, you know, it happened right outside kind of our home, you know, mm-hmm. where we feel safe, where we feel comfortable. It just shows you never know in life. So yeah, enjoy. that's crazy. I can't believe they clown me on that. Yeah. I, I can't believe they made you like switch to a, oh, there was a wind delay once. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Man, that's that's an really interesting story yeah and it ended good if it ended bad i would have never brought it up yeah i imagine that's <laughs> insane though I could have been i could have gone the route of well actually what happened was i jumped over the fence i dove through the back window and i saved this grandma <laughs> but i didn't say that i didn't say it was all me unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that'd be wild so another question i have for you is so you were on uh the brewers for a little bit right yeah, i assume you played in milwaukee mm-hmm. you stay at the uh the fitzer hotel right yes it is haunted did you see any ghosts no so i never so there's an old side and a new side if you've never been there so when you go in mm-hmm. to the fisher you walk in to the left is the old side you have the old creepy elevator it probably has a doorman that's been there since the 1900s but if you go to the right, it's brand new. Mm-hmm. It still looks a little old, but it's brand new. It's going to have that really cool culture. So, but I heard some f- like freaky stories, guys not being able to sleep and hearing things, you know, guys thumping down the hallway. So now 
remember we're a bunch of little kids playing a game so mm-hmm. it could be fabricated but i like to think it's haunted why not i mean i believe it do you have any good stories from that because when i was researching i saw that in 2016 i imagine there's some overlap uh, the pittsburgh pirates manager had to like calm down a player they didn't specify who it was because the guy like came to him was like hey there's a ghost in my room i can't go to sleep they keep turning the tv on <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew who it was. Oh, too bad. I wish because well, that's a good thing to. <laughs> that's a good thing to blame it on if you like don't play well the next day or something. <laughs> like my room was fucking was haunted, haunted guys. <laughs> yeah, and then another one. I don't know if you know him, but do you know uh, John Gray is a Colorado pitcher? Yeah, he's yeah. like a ghost hunter. Apparently, I was watching a video of him going. Is he really. Yeah, there's a video on the MLB website. I'll send this to you. Hold up. Um, like, he literally brought a ghost hunting thing and like they interviewed him about it. He's like, I really want to see a ghost. We hadn't seen a ghost yet. So he was just uh, going around like scanning for ghosts in any place. Here, I'll send this uh, article to you in the chat. Yeah, he was an up and coming rookie when I was in Colorado. So yeah, I know exactly who that is. The last thing is the video of him going ghost hunting in the hotel. <laughs> I mean, you just never know. I mean, baseball is full of just a bunch of different uh, goofballs that like that. Yeah, I thought that was hysterical because, like, literally, they're interviewing. He's like, "Tomorrow's my day off, so going back to the hotel." It's like a ghost scanner. (laughs) Was it like electrical frequency scanner? I I, I think so. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's so funny. This is on the MLB website too. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, they they mix it in. They mix it in. I've never read MLB.com, but they have a surprising amount of content on there that's just not baseball. Yeah, I mean, you think it's a 162-game season, and every now and then, you're not going to have a great story. And you only want to hear so much of like, hey, Mike Trout's hitting 590 again. Then being able to mix and match and let guys have some fun, I think it's the right way to go. Yeah, I agree. Sort of in a similar vein to that, um, I was doing more research. You know about like the Rochester Red Wings and how they found human bones when they're excavating? I assume you probably played there in the AAA. Did you see anything weird happen? No, but it doesn't surprise me. You know, some of those uh, minor league stadiums, I mean, I'm telling you, you never know what could have happened there in the past. But, you know, it is cool going to different cities. Like Nashville had a historical ballpark, and the scoreboard was an old guitar. And they replicated it in the new ballpark. But it was so cool. But what no one knew is if you went down into the old clubhouse – so to speak. It was a straight dungeon. It was terrifying. There was water build up. You were afraid someone was going to jump out and murder you at any moment. They built a huge warehouse type thing in right field for all of us to get ready because no one would go back there. No oh, my God. oh my God. If you weren't going to get attacked by some mongoose, you were going to die of mold, period. It was terrible back there. I have mongoose. Yeah, you never know what's back there. I'm just saying. That's too funny. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of weird superstitions in those minor league baseball circles. Yes, there is. Yes. Yeah. The worst is when they feel like they shouldn't wash things. Uh huh. You know, like the socks, the jock strap, stuff like that. Like that gets old real fast. Like, you almost <laughs> like okay, like maybe we can lose one game and flip flop it a little. This is just getting kind of <laughs> a little nasty. The minor leagues, you're so close. You know, if a guy's Did not you have any you know superstitions, it. like pre game stuff? Related. I had the same exact approach to the plate. And when I got in the box, I did the exact same thing from my sophomore year till when I was done playing. That's probably the most superstitious I was. But other than that, I was very big on believing in adaptability. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to rely on a superstition or a certain routine. I wanted to be able to adapt 
to any situation because I got traded so much and I played for so many teams. I had to learn a lot of things on the fly. So if you mm-hmm. kind of tied yourself to some of those things, and it, it kind of carries over into life too, it can really hinder you because mm-hmm. like you'll see people get high anxiety and, and, and kind of push back because they're not getting what they need to mm-hmm. and be successful. I just wanted to be able to adapt, period. I think that's a great way to be. Do you have any teammates that had really weird superstitions they did every time? I can't think of who it was, but there was a famous hockey player from the 80s. One of his superstitions was that he didn't want to tire his legs, so he'd only go down his stairs one time. Sometimes if he was in a fight with his wife, she would grab something and walk up the stairs, and he wouldn't follow her up there because he couldn't break his superstition. Uh, <laughs> so some of the weirdest stuff had to do with food. Mm-hmm. So like, um, a guy that I, he was actually a coach of mine. He ate Chinese food before every single start in his career, 20 uh, years. He <laughs> ate fried rice right before he went out. And if he could, he'd get the same place, but obviously being around, but that was his thing. And then other guys, if they did something well, they would hold on to that. So if they ate like spaghetti the night before and they played well that next day, they're eating spaghetti the next night, the next night, the next night. So you know, food was probably the one thing that was very much, I guess, around the league. No matter where I went, there was one or two guys that had a weird food fetish of sorts. <laughs> their, um, superstition. That's so interesting. And as you say, I mean, that probably holds you back a little bit because you're not focusing on what you need to fix about your game or anything like that. It's just, oh, I didn't eat spaghetti last night or I had too many meatballs and now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're weighed down because you got 14 meatballs in your belly. So going off of that, I heard a very interesting superstition about pirates. And this was, of course, much before your time. But do you know anything about greenie weenie? Is that like a Dr. Seuss hot dog? <laughs> yes. Yes. So what I learned from Wikipedia today was, uh, was like, like a green hot dog rattle thing. I was right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I thought you knew what you were talking about. Oh, I did. I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's like a rattle in the shape of a hot dog that they used during the 1966 season of the Pirates season. And it was supposed to jinx the opposite team. When you waved it, greeny weenie, greeny yeah. weenie. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna find the greeny weenie and I'm gonna start jinxing the other team. You should break that out on your next broadcast. Oh, don't worry, I will. I, will. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it down. Yeah, it said it was really awesome. <laughs> he said it was really popular in 1966, and they tried to bring it back, and no one really liked it. That seems like a really cool thing. Yeah, I mean. It's time to bring it back. Definitely. People are ready. You're the greenie weenie. I think so. <laughs> got to bring that up and make sure when the clip's out, make sure to tag us on Twitter and we will uh, <laughs> make sure to see it. <laughs> like you don't need all the cannons and the pirate ship. Just give us greenie weenie. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. Maybe a cannon that shoots the greenie weenie. Oh, that's an that idea. Like screws towel cannons or like t-shirts yeah whatever. you can shoot a greenie weenie are you kidding me yeah it could <laughs> like be like someone in the head a real greenie weenie like it should be as a green hot dog and you can eat it yeah exactly yeah. this if is the question I, that is if you carried a green hot dog when you're in the broadcast booth and you see someone just like because especially this year where there's no one in the stands people are really just going for foul balls do you ever just like, watch someone eat shit and you have to hold back your laughter? Yeah. It's like, so we're doing this segment every Saturday 
on the pre and post game show where it's like Michael's moments. Yeah. Did you not? I've I've been able to find each week someone holding onto the nachos, chasing the foul ball, nachos going in either the shirt, the face, or into someone else's lap. Every time to get a ball, and no one is getting the ball. That's the best part. The guys actually chasing the ball aren't getting it. This little kid, both times I've done it, they're like, "Oh yeah, thanks, thanks, man," and walks off. It's priceless. And then you're just left with a shirt full of nachos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the $22 nachos are on your shirt. I'm sorry. The only reason I am going to be sad when baseball is at full capacity again is the past two weeks, the amount of those exact nacho videos you're talking about has just been beautiful because they think they can go for it. Yeah. My favorite was, so I'm a Mets fan. We were at um, a Mets game and Chris Christie was there and they put him on the big thing. Everyone was booing him. Cause I was like, after the whole like bridge gate thing, everyone hated him. I swear to God, the man was clutching nachos in one hand, pushed a kid out of the way and caught the ball. It was the most absurd thing I've ever seen. Yeah, give the kid the ball. God, it's a bad omen. Bad I know. Omen. Well, I mean, his career is gone. So, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, you drop the nachos, you hand the kid the ball. That's the way it goes. Yeah, well, he cradled the nachos like that, did not let him go and like snag the ball, like bodied in the dole out of the way. It was wild. It was all on like the green, it's all on like the big screen too, and everyone's just booing him. <laughs> that's always like my favorite part. This is like such a girly thing to say, but that's my favorite part of going to like a baseball game is the nachos. I think they're unreal. So now every stadium has a staple. Mm-hmm. Something like kind of weird they do. Like it's like a, hey, here's a burger cookie fondue thing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Every place, every single city does something really like neat with food. You should go like look it up and pick a place. Maybe you can go to New York since it's right there. Mm-hmm. Yankees bets and try like the weird thing. It's like, it, it, it's remarkable what they come up with. Yeah. I've gotten to quite a few Mets games in my life. I can't think of what the weird ones are, but I guess another question I had for you is... I went to the Winter Classic in City Field, which is incredible. Did you ever get a chance to do that? Because I know um, the Penguins have had a chance to host a few. No, it's something that it's on my bucket list. I, I want to definitely do that. Um, hockey game outside. It's like it was the thing. It was the single most incredible experience I've had with a sporting event. It was also the coldest I've been in my entire life because we were in like the 500s of City Field and there's like a wall behind you. But what you don't realize is it's like really crappy plywood and the wind is like 50 miles an hour whipping at you. And the coldest I've ever been in my life, but it was the coolest experience. I bet wind, wind can cut your bones. I mean, wind oh, just yeah. annihilates you when it's cold. Oh yeah. The air temperature was already like close to zero plus the wind chill. Like the beers were freezing. You have to like ice fish your beer. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, ice in and then- beer, it was actually wild. We were still like 20, which wasn't great when we went, but it's like, whatever, this doesn't happen very often. So yeah. do. But there were people around us who would put their beer down. Like they'd put a can of like cores down and the whole pint would be frozen in about a minute. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. It was wild, but it was so much fun. I'll tell you a fun, fun thing I'm trying to get going. I don't know if it's going to stick. I'm trying to, <laughs> out of practice with the Penguins, I want to play uh, goalie. Oh, yeah. Let them just uh-huh. go work on me. I thought it, it's something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to try. So I'm hoping, you know, especially when things start to open up more, that I can get in the goalie. I think, you know, no, that's about to say their goalie's bad, but no, I was thinking of Philly. I was saying if, if you were in Philly, I'd say they'd probably put you in. I don't know. I, I got I to gotta get some practice in first. <laughs> Did you ever play <laughs> hockey, like growing up or anything? No, absolutely not. But it'd be blessed. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I I used to catch. I like getting hit. So we'll, be, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I think that'd be good. Who's doing that now? Is it Shaq who's been like trying all the different sports? Like he raced Michael Phelps. He's oh, been yeah. like playing a ton of golf. And of course he's like doing really well because he's Shaq. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a good athlete. As big, as big of like a human being he is, he's mm. still a good athlete. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to race Michael Phelps unless I have a jet ski, but um, <laughs> I'll try, you know, like why not? So another question, sort of pivoting a little bit away from just baseball. So you spent some time in like Colorado and California. And do you ever hear any like weird Bigfoot stories and stuff? We started watching that documentary Sasquatch about the allegedly a Bigfoot murdered three uh, Mexican nationals at a weed farm in like the nineties. So that's, that is, that he is. Wanted his edibles. That's what he wanted. I know. Seriously. <laughs> you know, I didn't, but I've always been so intrigued because when I was a kid, you know, uh, what is it called? Um, the Hendersons, mm-hmm. Harry and the Hendersons. Hendersons. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. So ever <laughs> since then, I've wanted a pet Sasquatch. <laughs> I've always wanted like my own little Bigfoot. I want a Bigfoot and I want a minion. That'd be like a dream come true. So, uh, I haven't heard any stories, but if anybody ever wants to go looking, I'll be the first to volunteer. Let's do it. Go, well, let's go. Let's do it. I'd actually, we'd be so down. Like when things are open, let's actually do it. I would be yeah, so down. Right. To go they got to be in Montana. If I was a Bigfoot, I'd be in Montana. Yeah. You know, I'd maybe go south for the winter, but. I'm not going in Florida. I'm, I just want to steer clear of where they're alligators because I will get eaten. <laughs> Alligator, yeah, alligators are creepy. Yeah, they just like, they look at, I don't know if you know this, they look at you when they're hungry. Oh. And if they can actually eat you, like they looked at our dog and they just open their mouth. Yeah. They look at you and open their mouth like. Uh, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we actually- did a whole segment about sewer gators that yeah. actually like live in the sewers of New York City. It's yeah, wild. They're real. Well, think about the rats they get to eat. I bet they're huge. So most of the time they've died off in the winter time because they can't handle it. But is it so cold? Uh yeah, but it was like 1940 something. These two teens in Harlem dragged an eight foot, like 180 pound gator out of the sewer. And because people are just like flushing their pets, people yeah. will get like these exotic pets, pets and just flush them. Huh? And like what's crazy is even as of 2019, as of 2019, I forget what the animal rescue service is called in Manhattan specifically. Up until like 2019, they were still rescuing one to two gators from Manhattan a year like in the sewers. Any idea like, Obviously, if like somebody gets one as a pet, like an exotic pet, but like I know when Katrina hit, it pushed a lot of alligators up the Mississippi mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they had some issues, but do they have any idea of like how they're getting there? These are all people's pets that they oh uh, let go. Still in, in 2019, people still have them as pets? Yeah, illegally. It's yeah, New- a huge market. Hey, hey, that, that black market for exotic pets, Joe Exotic, Tiger King, there yeah. you go. Oh, I know. That's a throwback. On the topic of gators, we actually interviewed this guy. It was awesome. His name was uh, Michael Wilmer. He's the gator crusader. He's a career alligator trainer. The dude's awesome. He's a performer in gator trainer. He's the Joe Exotic of alligators. Only he's he understands like, that he will die if he gets eaten. Yeah, but- and he actually like takes care of the animals, but he has a YouTube channel where he's just like jumping in the gator pit with a Speedo on and like doing all these crazy shows he's like, he's like beef jerky to them like, yeah i mean good for them good for them yeah. yeah he got married in an alligator pit when he was like 17 he's just to an alligator 
No, to a woman. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. You got married to a woman in a gator pit. And she got in? Yeah, she got in with them. They weren't in the water, though. They were on land in the gator pit. (laughs) No, thank you. No, 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 that's commitment right there. (laughs) That's love. We're going to do our vows in a gator pit. Let's go. I think they got a divorce shortly afterwards, didn't they? Yeah, say. <laughs> yeah but he was such an interesting dude, but that's made me think of that. <laughs> that's crazy. Have you seen the bee lady? No. What? You haven't seen the bee lady? No. She studied bees, and I don't know if it's the frequency or whatever. She doesn't wear a bee suit. She doesn't wear a bee suit. That's she'll insane. And she'll find the queen, and she'll, like, move bees so she can collect the honey out of the hive. Wild. That's insane. People who are really into insects, I'm so fascinated by them. Like there was this random YouTube channel that I started watching during COVID because I was bored. It started off kind of ironic. So like this is ridiculous. This guy's called Ants Canada. He's some guy in the Philippines who has a ton of ants. No idea why it's called Ants Canada. I cannot explain that. But this dude like has hundreds and hundreds of ants, like sorry, thousands and thousands of ants. And it started off like morbid curiosity. And then I got to that point where like the guy just is so genuinely in love with his ants that I just couldn't stop watching it. This is like the most pure content I've ever watched. This guy genuinely loves his ants more than anything in the world. Crazy. Like, I just feel like something's on me all day long. Give me a hippo. You know, give me something like big. That's yeah. Or a Sasquatch. Sasquatch would be sweet. Yeah. I wouldn't want a hippo though. Those things kill like, they just kill Train most- him well. Come on. Train him well, ride, yeah. Ride him to work. Come on. Be- <laughs> I think you gotta get a female hippo though. I think a male will be way too aggressive. Yeah, until the male finds me and I got his female hippo. That's so good. You're a pretty big dude. I think you can fight it off. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. A hippo. You got your baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, and uses a toothpick. Mm. <laughs> Would be your number one pet. You know, I have the best dog. So I, I really don't know if I could get away from his name's Griffin. Griffin mm-hmm. Knox. He's a Cava stud. He's only been bred once. Mm-hmm. Stud family. No, he's a cat. He's he's a cavapoo. He's just he's almost like a little human being. So obviously, like a pet I could actually have, that would probably it. But I've always wanted a monkey. That'd be be sweet. Yeah, I I mean seriously, if I could have like a family, even like an ape, a little monkey, a big monkey, I'd take them all. I think they're so cool. I'm just afraid of chimpanzees because how they attack you is too scary. I teach them to throw feces. That's (laughs) no, I mean like go get them. But like the chimps are so scary though. Like whenever like the chimp attacks, because how they attack is they rip your genitals off and your face. Those are the two places that chimps attack. What? Yeah. I'm gonna pretend like I didn't hear that. Focus on uh, other monkeys are fine, but like chimps are just no. If a chimp gets aggressive, Michael just wanted a cute little monkey. Steve. Not, not a chimpanzee. I'm, just, I'm warning you, no chimpanzees. It's not safe. I all I can think about is outbreak now, so I just I'll stay away from the monkeys. That Maybe is I get true. A gorilla. I want a sloth. So actually, you know, you can get a sloth for like a thousand bucks. I've heard they're mean. They are? Yeah, I've heard they're mean. Really? They're so slow though. How could they even be mean? I've, I've heard they're mean. Really? So Not very fast, but mean. It'd take them like five minutes to hit you. Yeah. Stop <laughs> it. It's like that cartoon. There was one day where Steve just texted me and was like, this sloth is on sale for $800. Do you want to get it? I was like, no. I was like, I live in a the tiniest New York apartment ever. Where am I going to put a fucking sloth? Uh, what a great story, though. You'd be famous. You would be. All you need is a permit in New York to get a sloth. 
Come on. I Googled it. You just need a permit and like 800 bucks. There you go. Get a sloth. They only like eat and poop every two weeks. It's not like a big commitment. Or even their bowel movements are slow. Yeah. That would actually be cool. You could set up some vines up here and just- Yeah. I know. Like, see, you could have it, it could just be in your bedroom and only poops once every two weeks. Never tell anybody that you have one until they come over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you guys don't know? I actually have like a massive sloth stuffed animal somewhere back here. <laughs> I, so uh, you'd be right at home. I don't know. For myself, though, like if I ever like, was loaded, I would love to just have an aquarium in my house. I love, yeah, I love aquariums so much. They're, they're, they're so like calming. I know. That's the one thing I miss about COVID. I haven't gone to an aquarium in years. I really want to go. Oh, yeah. So fun. We have a really good aquarium in Tennessee, Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, the last one I went to actually was in London. I went to the London Aquarium, which is like oh. the biggest one in the world. If you ever get a chance to go, I highly recommend it. It's so right. cool. All right. I'll, I'll definitely do that. It's pretty expensive to go to, but like awesome. They have like you're everything. London, you're all in. Come on. You're in London. You're all in. Everything in London is expensive. Let's see. So I guess I have another direction to go with this as well as... One thing I'm really curious about is, have you ever seen like a UFO or anything? Or what is your take on aliens? I say, why not? Because like the reality of it is like, we're so small. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it, but like I've seen some of the declassifications that have they've, they've shown as of late, probably what the last year. And the reality of it is, is like we live in one universe, right? Mm -hmm. In a galaxy. So like to think that like a creator created one earth I don't know. I, I just, I just, it, it's kind of unfathomable to think that, but you know, I'd never knock anybody for either way. I, I think it's more fun to talk about a little green man coming to. You know, yeah. Earth. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think like, I always think about, you know, I, I'm a geek and, and I like Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. They talk about the, uh, the earth one or two or three, like how there's a, like, what is it? Transverse universe. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. And there's like 30 different Earths. So who's to say that like we're the only one? And yeah, I mean, I always say you can't put a limitation on God. He can do whatever he wants. You know, when yeah. people say, oh, well, you know, in the Bible, I'm like, yeah, but that's our Bible. And maybe he's just like, yeah, they can't handle that. We're just going to go this way, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. The reality of it is, it, it's cool to think. Now, are they that much more sophisticated? You know, that's the one thing I always get like blown away with is like, are they that much more sophisticated than us? Have they been around that much longer? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, for all we know, like it could just be a deer that looks slightly different than our deer. I don't know though. I feel like I don't really believe in UFOs, but just doing this podcast, I've come across so many weird stories from like credible people. And it's, it's just weird. I mean, one of my favorites was, there's this one from the 1800s actually about in the 1880s where these two people, they're both like civil war vets we're going to, I think, like the Fresno Fair, and they're selling like oranges, I guess. And according to both these guys, you're pretty credible dudes on their trip. A cigar shaped UFO landed, and these three aliens who are tall. Did you ever watch South Park? Yeah, I mean, back in the day. Yeah, you know, like the first ever episode, like the aliens are like, it's basically like those kinds, right? Yeah, yeah. According to these people in the 1880s, like those people came and they tried to abduct them, but they were too weak to pick them up and steal them. And they flew off in a spaceship. Sure, maybe that's not the most credible story, but that same year, and I think it was Armadillo, Texas, a spacecraft crash landed in their town and they just buried the body. Come on. And 
people show up there all the time and they've been trying to exhume the body, but the local government's like really anti it. Cause I think they believe it's just a random dead person. Like, no, it's really rude to the dead people. But there are some weird stories or they've been in the sixties. We talked about this recently. I don't know if you ever heard about the, uh, not hop. Oh my God. I can't think. I think Hopkinsville, um, space alien in the sixties, there was this guy, very credible dude. He was on duty at this military base. So according to the story, they were pursuing this spacecraft and a little alien came out and it got onto the military runway and someone just shot it dead. And this guy's job was basically to brief the general. So he arrives on the scene at like 4 a.m. for his job. And they're like, dude, we shot an alien. And his first inclination was that they shot like an illegal immigrant uh, per se. Yes, with quotes around that. But then they're like, no, this is like a space alien. Like, what? And then they're like, your job is to go brief the general. He's like, are you kidding me? I have to tell the general. that brief. I yeah. tried to tell the general who's a serious dude that we just shot an alien. He's going to think I'm a jokester. Then basically what happened is apparently these people from Ohio working for like the federal government showed up, took the body and like all the records were just threaded. See, that's like, I feel like the government makes things worse by just like showing up like men in black, covering it up, bouncing, and then yeah. it's all redacted. Like yeah, just a little bit of transparency maybe makes people not go conspiracy theory crazy, but yeah. One thing I would say is I'm really into psychology. I really like helping kids and cope. Mm-hmm. And PTSD is one of those things that happens because you can't imagine certain things in life actually happening. So when it does happen, your brain doesn't know how to correlate. It doesn't know how to like say, oh my gosh, that just happened. So I always try to look at life like that. Like, you know, there's so many things we don't understand. There's so many things that we can't really like grab a hold of and say, oh yeah, this is tangible. I see blah, blah, blah. So I try to think like way outside the box. Yeah. It's like, you know, who's to say, right? But if they come, I'm not going to have PTSD. I'll tell you that much. Well, there's just so much we don't know. Like exactly. we, we can only see within our own galaxy. And even then, like, not really. Like, we just haven't been able to go that far. So there's a lot out there. Steve and I are still like skeptical people, but. Yeah. Well, I think you should be. I think like. Yeah. I think in religion, I think in faith, I think in politics, I think just in life in general, just be skeptical about everything, always asking questions. So I'm skeptical, but mm-hmm. I am going to always shade on the side of like, why not? You know, if, yeah. if, if it's possible, I want to think why not? So that way I'm not like in shock and awe. Yeah. yeah. A good example of that, just where I'm at with this stuff is when I was maybe five or six years old, we went down to Utah. We're in these ghost town. And I 100% saw a jackalope, but I know I didn't see a jackalope because a jackalope is not a real creature. It's one of those things where I can tell you for a fact that I saw one, but I know I could not have ever seen one because they don't exist. So you're, you're playing like mind tricks on yourself. I guess. Like, I, I, like, let's put it this way. Like, I know for a fact that almost 20 years ago at this point, I know for a fact I saw a jackalope jump by me, but it can't be, you know? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Like, and that's your story. So if yeah. you would have like, told that story, it would have been written down and redacted. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just interesting how that stuff works with the psychology where it's like, yeah, it's you funny. know, it can't be real. You got to be skeptical. But at the same time, it's like, you, it's real to you. Right. Well, just remember that Elon Musk is working on Neuralink technology. So anything's possible. I just say, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. It just, like, I'm calling you or we're doing a podcast like this and I'm blinking. Yeah. <laughs> on my ear. 
Like, come on. <laughs> I just find it hard to believe that an antelope and a jackrabbit managed to mate and reproduce successfully, but I mean. <laughs> yeah, but if I burped, I actually call my mom. Like, well, I mean, think about this. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Yeah. I almost wonder, like, is there any, like, urban legends or folklore you really grew up with in Tennessee that we might not know about over here in the Northeast? Man, good question. Like, I mean, obviously we had Davy Crockett and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, real people, but somebody I always like want to be real is Paul Bunyan. Oh, you know, is yeah. Paul Bunyan not real? Huh? Yes, he is. Uh, Why not? <laughs> Why not? And, and, his, and his bull blue. I mean, that, that story just always stuck with me. I, this big ape of a man with a pet bull. I mean, I don't think you can draw it up any better than Tennessee. So. You know, I haven't thought about the Paul Bunyan story in a long time. <laughs> so maybe it makes sense he's not actually real. You can chop down a forest with one swipe. I mean, come on. It won't yeah. be any better than that. That is a good one. I agree. Yeah, I don't he, think we have Okay, so he was based on an actual lumberjack. Okay, Steve. that's good. Okay, I'm not, I'm not insane. Well, he was real. He's real in our hearts. He, oh, he's I more mean, than real. Another fun fact. The ghost of Lou Gehrig haunts the freaking pier out there. Like, no joke. Come on. I'm going to cut where I live because I don't want random people knowing that. But And Lou Gehrig used to live here, right? Not in our house, but he used to live in our neighborhood. And there's this pier he'd go out and fish on every single day until he died of Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm -hmm. And pretty much every day, if you get up early enough and it's like a foggy day, there is a weird shadowy figure fishing and I never really thought too much of it. My dad's seen him. I've seen him. Until one day, it was low tide. So like the tide is out. There's no water. You literally cannot fish. You're just cast into mud. Because one day, I was working at a construction site. So I was up at like 4 a.m. It was snowing. It was really bitterly cold, dark. The tide is out. There's no water. And there was someone, like a figure just sort of standing out there at 4 a.m. Casting into the mud. And... I thought nothing of it. And then I was on the highway like an hour later. I'm like, oh my God, that was definitely a ghost. Cause who would be fishing when there's literally no water? It was me. <laughs> it was Michael. Yeah, yeah. The whole time. <laughs> I've heard other stories of the ghost of Lou Gehrig and he supposedly haunts over there. So I believe it. Yeah. I mean, if you see it, you believe it. I mean, it's, it's wild. It's just, it's, it's crazy. We have a lot of like semi-war stories cause a lot of the civil wars fought in and around where we are. Mm-hmm. Stones River Battle, you know, if you go over there at night, supposedly like you can hear like weird sounds and different things. People rustling through the forest. So I'll have to try that out sometime. It's right next to my house. That would be interesting. Have you ever like experienced a ghost or anything? I don't know if I've ever experienced a ghost. I, I've, I've experienced odd moments in life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, maybe like a, a certain piece when someone's passed away and they feel like they're right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling. It's just like that calm. It's almost like the loved one puts their hand around you and wraps mm-hmm. you up yeah. for just a moment to like let you know you're okay. Yeah. Let you know everything's okay. I'd say that's one thing that's, you know, kind of like hit me at times. Mm-hmm. And then that, like, I don't know if it's an intuition. I don't know if it's a Holy Spirit. I don't know if it's just Michael's weird head, but like that spine chilling thing when you know like not to go down an alley or like mm-hmm. that super intuition. I don't know what that is, but I'm super glad I have it. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, my, my wife has this weird sixth sense. Like she has this like overwhelming feeling when 
you know, somebody that she knows is dealing with something. She'll actually call them about 99% of the time. And sure enough, like something tragic or something great, it's kind of go both, both ways. But I think it's really cool when people have that type of like sixth sense and yeah. where it comes from, it's really neat. Yeah, that's wild. Intuition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so interesting how that stuff happens, you know? I think people have gifts and I think depending on how much you dig into it, it can manifest in different ways, good or bad. I really believe that. That's so interesting. I have never really felt exactly that, but just thinking back, for example, my great uncle who was like in his nineties passed away a few months ago and I was supposed to call him back about something, right? I think it was like my, no, not my birthday because he was gone before then, but I was going to call him for some reason and I put it off a day. And then for whatever reason, I had the urge to call him that night and I talked to him right before bed and he passed away in his sleep which is weird how that works. Obviously, I'm glad that I didn't put it off a day later, you know, but it almost one of those weird things where like, I wanted to put it off that one day. And then that day I was like, I need to make this phone call now. Right. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's that like weird intuition. Yeah, yeah it's like a weird intuition where it's like, wow, I talked to him like moments before he went to sleep and I was the last person he talked to. Like literally if my wife like has an inkling on something, I'm like, all right, let's go. We bounce. Because like it's been it's been true so many times that it's you know it's been true tried and tested period like let's roll. Yeah. That's a great sense though. I can get you out of danger potentially. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like the I sense have of- with dreams actually. Like I'll if I have a dream about something bad that happened or I need to call someone and it happens the next day, it's just kind of freaky. Is it like 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 vivid? Like you see. It's not like the exact same situation, but it's kind of like a feeling. Again, like your wife, you wake up and you're like, oh, I should call that person. You just kind of know something's up. Yeah. And you don't know what it is, but like anytime I'm just like, all right, cool. Like, let's go. Like we went to Knoxville a couple different times and ended up a family member passed away within three or four days. And we just like, no, let's go. We need to go. And it's just crazy. That's weird. I wonder if it's like your brain piecing together all the little details you can't see while you're like conscious. And then it's like, oh, this is probably happening based on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I mean, we have the greatest computer in the world in our head. So yeah. absolutely, whatever it is, I'm glad she has it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. That's cool. I think a good transition, uh, Emmy, you should tell, you should ask him about your, uh, your favorite cryptid, Pennsylvania local. Say that again? Oh, yes. So my favorite cryptid or monster anything of all time is actually from Pennsylvania. Probably not so close to Pittsburgh, but maybe. And it's called the Squonk. And his whole thing, the Squonk. (laughs) Do you want me to send you a photo while she tells you about it? Yes. So his whole thing is that he is so ugly. That's why he stays hidden. And he just lives in the forests of Pennsylvania. And his whole thing is if you catch a squonk, you'll like have it in a bag or whatever. But if you open the bag, he'll have dissolved into a puddle of tears. Poor guy, girl. I know. So it's funny because it's like one of the only monsters or cryptids that I can think of that's not actually scary. He's just kind of like a sad dude. He's really sad. Are you looking at the picture? Yeah, I want a pet squonk now. Oh, I mean, well, that would probably be a better one than a Bigfoot. Let's not get carried away now. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> he would I mean, dissolve into a puddle of tears every time you get near him, but. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe he just needs a little counseling, you know? Maybe. Yeah, he's probably uh, not super snuggly. 
<laughs> no, he's got some. He's got some of those love curls. <laughs> some some nice rolls. Yeah, good, good rolls. He definitely <laughs> likes to eat. Oh yeah. He's probably he's probably fat shaming himself. Listen to us. We're terrible people. He does look kind of comfy though, doesn't he? Like he does. He does. If you were to give yeah. him a hug, he's like the first Igor. Is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's just like Igor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see sad. And what a great name for a minor league team. The Squonks. You should definitely get that going. Pittsburgh, any of their minor league teams are trying to rebrand. You got to go with the Squonks. Yeah, absolutely. The Squonks. Try to keep them away from being a puddle. (laughs) It won't be very intimidating, but. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Can you imagine what that mascot would look like? Oh, he'd be precious. He'll be precious. He'll be precious. That'd be great. I bet you eat a green weenie too. <laughs> <laughs> Just have squonks launching greeny weenies. It'd be a great time. Yeah, maybe you can get him to smile. I mean, man, poor guy. Yeah, it's pretty cute though. Growing up, or even now, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this correctly. Hold up. Monsters. Were you ever like afraid of like a monster under the bed type deal or like vampires or werewolves? I used to be afraid of vampires and werewolves when I was a little kid. Yeah, you remember. Uh, you guys are probably too young. I won't even go there. But there used to be a movie called Little Monsters. It sounds familiar. I don't think I've ever seen it though. Well, the like scary dude in that. So like they actually like lifted your bed up, and there was an alternate like monster universe underneath, and uh-huh. fight the mean bad monster. I was terrified of that dude. Terrified for a long time. I had the flashlight next to the bed, my bat on the other side. I was sneaking any type of weapons I could because he was scared of light. So if you mm-hmm. put light on him, you know, he'd run away or whatever. So, man, yes. I was scared of that dude. That's so funny. He looks like a, a mean squonk. Oh, I've I've Googled him. He's blue and weird. Weird looking, right? Yeah. Especially for like a, an 80s movie. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, really old. Oh, Howie Mandel played him? Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, Howie Mandel was the good monster. Oh, he was? He was a good monster. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see the bad monster now. That guy's big. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That is so funny about the, uh-oh, where did Emmy go? I think did her phone die or something. Oh, she said she's coming back. She doesn't know what happened. That's weird. You got to go watch that movie. I mean, it's, granted, it's in the 80s, so it's, it's so different now, but, like, it's a good movie, and, I don't know, portrays, like, a kid to face his fears and at the same time, like, steps up in a big way and takes a leadership mm-hmm. role to help all of his little friends. They all think he's nuts at first, but then, you know, they go attack this big dude. I bet it's pretty good. I'm a fan of these low-budget kind of horror films. Yeah, they're always better. They're so much better. It's better. You're exactly right. It's not like the same old, same old. You don't know what's coming. Have you seen Bigfoot the movie by any chance? No, but I will watch it in a heartbeat. You should. It's on Amazon Prime. This group of Yinzers, their buddy gets eaten by Bigfoot. And they basically, they get drunk. They get machine guns. They go to hunt Bigfoot. It's the funniest horror movie ever. I love it. I mean, if you're going to go hunt something, Bigfoot's probably not the place to start. Maybe start with the squonk. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. guys. I cut out. No worries. I thought so you turned out. into a puddle of tears. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, dissolved. Michael's also a fan, Emmy, of low-budget horror films, which is awesome. Amazing. Yeah. When I was age, I lo- not that I'm that much older. <clears throat> but I used to love watching them. It was just a good time. Did you ever see Troll 2? I did see Troll 2. I think that's one of my favorite films ever created. It's a good movie. I mean, it just, I don't know. I feel like anytime you know someone put that type of work into it without the budget, 
it just means that much more to me too. Yeah, it's Listen, also now that I think about like I'm in that realm. It takes a lot of work. Oh yeah, it wow. does. I don't know if you knew this backstory, but the director was an Italian guy, did not speak a lick of English. He wrote the entire script in Italian, had it translated to English, had an all-American cast, and could not communicate with them. Come on. That explains a lot. I, I wish I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's, so, that's why it's like the- All a disaster just came <laughs> out good. No, no, no. Yeah. He probably thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. It was actually about a princess. <laughs> got it close enough. That's Were you guys my... talking about Velocipaster? What? Before, were you guys talking no, about? No, we're talking about Troll 2. I know, but when I was gone. Oh, no, we're talking about Bigfoot the movie. Oh, nice. Have you seen the, the Velocipaster? No, but is that a pet dinosaur? What is um, that? No, it's a pastor who turns into a Velociraptor at night and fights crime. I mean, I'm in. You right. gotta watch it's, it. It's awesome. We actually interviewed the writer and director for it. His name is Brendan Steer. Awesome dude. Velocipaster. Velocipaster. It's also on Amazon. Oh, perfect. When Steve told me about it, I was like, ha Steve, you auto-corrected Velociraptor to Velocipaster. And he was like, nope, that's actually the name of the movie. It is incredible. He had 30,000 bucks and he made a damn good film. It's very enjoyable. Yeah, rival. He's literally like a revival during the day and he's just eating things at night. So. Fights crime at night. Does his priestly duty by day. <laughs> Nothing better. It's yeah. the life right there. Like it, is, back home. Yeah. it is a quality movie. I highly recommend that one too. Sorry, I'm a little distracted. I was just looking at the uh, NFL draft because I was. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm ready for it to be over though. There was some dude that did a seven round mock draft. Think about this. If one is wrong in the first five picks, his draft is shambles. It's just... Yeah. He spent probably days or weeks like, oh, yeah, this is who they're going to take at 24. This is who they're going to take at 30. And then the third pick is wrong. He's like, no. Who has that type of time? I have no idea. I'm just glad that the Jets, I mean, I wish they had Trevor Lawrence, but I'm glad we got Zach Wilson. I think he's the second best option. I mean, it's crazy. Like Aaron Rodgers today came out that he doesn't want to be a Packer anymore. And he's refused to meet with the GM, the head coach, and like the owner. What? I was looking for like a blockbuster trade. I'm surprised it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, that's nuts. How many years does he have on his deal left? Uh, I think two, but there's no more guaranteed money and they're not willing to renegotiate. So he said, I'm not playing for you. And they also refused to buy to get him free agents or draft anyone. Wow. Yeah. Be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Yeah, it's going to be not good at anything. Like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want the money. I don't need it. I'm going to go play somewhere else. I don't blame him. They don't do anything in free agency. There are a lot of really good offensive weapons that came out this year in the free agency, and they didn't go after any of them. Yeah, I mean, when you have a player like him, he's that dynamic. You want to do everything you can. I mean, I've heard a lot of good things about him, too. So you want to try to do everything you can to appease him and try to build around him. Yeah, it's I feel like he's always been good with whatever they had. But yeah, if you could put some weapons around him, what would happen? Yeah, I mean, he would probably have no, no one's going to beat Brady, but he'd have a comparable amount, probably maybe like three. He's or not human. He's a cyborg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we're going to talk about these conspiracy things, the guy is not human. Let's go all in on Tom Brady conspiracies. That my is favorite, a theory right there. My favorite conspiracy theory is that, you know how he always knows he has like the sixth sense for when the sack's coming? My favorite conspiracy theory about him is that Ernie Adams was up in the booth 
with a little zapper just zapping him so he knows when the sack's coming. So he's like the Astros. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the Astros. Yeah, uh, <laughs> another conspiracy that I buy into is he got better as he got fake hair. So our hair plugs a PED. That's my wow. question. Hey, LeBron too. Just LeBron too. Interesting. Our, our hair plugs performance enhancing. I have, a, I have a deep gap, so maybe I'll do that too. Yeah, maybe you can make a comeback and you'll be yeah. MVP next year. Brady kind of talks like a robot too. Yeah, I think he is obsessed with success and being the best it ever was, especially with his backstory. I think that like his life revolves around being successful. He's made it like, I mean, just kind of- Well, he's done a good job with that. Yeah, I mean, and he, he spends a lot of money to do so. Like a lot of guys like, like, okay, you know, how are they doing this? But like, when you hear a guy spends a million dollars a year on his body, you're like, okay, well, if I had a million dollars a year to spend on my body, I'd probably be pretty good too. Yeah, that's very true. Kind of crazy, but I like the, the hair plug thought. There's a couple that you have to get an exemption in. And I know that for a fact in baseball, I think it's like Propecia is one. Really? Uh, because, yeah, because actually testosterone levels actually raise. If you take, you have to actually get a TUE to take that stuff. So there's a really? lot of like a lot of weird things you have to get TUE for, which is a, a, a use exemption. So that's, exemption. that's interesting. I didn't know about that. Anything that's going to possibly, you know, build you up, you know, you, you could do a lot of things that aren't good for you that they don't really care about, but Propecia, watch out. <laughs> I found this out the other day. You know what? No quarterback with long hair has ever won a Super Bowl. Come on. What do you qualify as long hair? Like Trevor Lawrence is like locks, like down to your shoulders. And with well, another, how long have guys really been having well, their well, hair? Like another that? interesting thing is there are actually quite a few quarterbacks who won a Super Bowl the year after they cut their long hair. So opposite Samson effect. It looks like you can't have long hair and win a Super Bowl. Well, think about the thought of having long hair in a tackle sport. I give all the respect in the world when guys have dreadlocks. You deserve and earn those every day you go out there and play. Oh yeah. That's so true. I didn't think about that before. Oh, just, could you imagine guys just holding the dread? Like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'd be insane. Did you play other sports besides baseball growing up at all? You know, I love basketball, but I was height challenged. Mm -hmm. And I realized baseball was going to be, you know, an opportunity to get to school, possibly paid for and you know, maybe even the next level. So I got out of basketball pretty early. I did oh. love it. It was my first love. And I was supposed to be 6'3". I'm 5'9", still waiting on that growth spurt. So <laughs> It'll come. It'll come. Yep. Got time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got time. Maybe I'll get some of that uh, hair plug stuff. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that'll work. Shoot right up. I don't know if you know or if you want to speak to this, but this is just a question I have about how things will work. So I do know in baseball, there are a lot of people that like cheat with like steroids and stuff, but I'm not asking about any of that, but just I'm, I'm really transparent and their drug policy is ridiculously strict now. So in terms of HGH, doesn't that make people taller or does it just make you grow muscles faster? Um, you know, HGH, the benefit for HGH, especially throughout the league is more about recovery. Mm -hmm. It's about how you have that turnover. That's where, you know, most guys want to take it. And to be honest, if they really, really cared about all these guys and their well-being, every guy that has surgery that's a major league baseball player, NFL player, should take HGH. It's going to speed up the recovery. Your body makes it naturally. But the problem is the reason that doesn't happen is because people will abuse it because yeah. people always abuse things that are available to them. So 
it'll actually make your foot grow. It'll make your head grow. It can make you taller. It depends on how your body absorbs it and uses it. Interesting. But it also can make a mass inside your body that you have grow. So there's a lot of good and bad. You want to make sure to regulate it. That's why getting it off the black market and doing stuff like that is probably the smartest idea to do. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious. Is that'd be an interesting thing to notice if everyone just grew like a few inches when they took HGH? You know they're cheating right away. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm six three right now. I just got done in the last cycle. <laughs> little Propecia, little HGH. I'm seven. <laughs> Good to go. I mean, honestly, like if that was the case, I would consider taking some. I just need to get to six foot. I'm an inch shy. It's tough. There's clinics and places. It's not easy to get, but you could definitely do it if you want. I'm not going to actually do it because that's a lot of money for something silly. It's expensive. What do they do? Like they like stretch you out? How does that even work? No, it's actually, so it's a, like you have human growth hormone in your body to a certain age. And then as you get older, it dissipates. It kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. But it's what helps, like it's your growth hormone, right? Yeah. So it's helping you grow. Like a lot of kids that, have problems like I, I played with a guy who had a genetic disease that he actually missed his growing spurt. He's five feet tall going into his college freshman year, and they gave him, you know, a couple different hormones, including uh, HGH, and he has to be on it the rest of his life. But he ended up being five nine, yoked out of his mind, and he ended up playing the major leagues. He had an exemption, oh. it, but like he didn't produce it the same way. And there's guys throughout the league that you know have to do that and. Guys that played in the steroid area, they actually had to take stuff to stay human, so to speak. Oh, yeah. They took so much stuff back in the day that they had to still take things and they got an exemption because of that. So, yeah, because your body like relies on it. That tainted the game so much. But, like, what people never talk about is a lot of that stuff wasn't illegal. It was illegal, like, actually, like, throughout the country, but they weren't testing for steroids and HGH and. Mm-hmm. amphetamines and all that stuff and then they were right yeah. because it got kind of absurd guys looked like they were eating small calves at night <laughs> huge human beings it got like magnified on these great players mm-hmm. it was all across the league i mean i heard so many stories of guys doing things that like if you did now you're out in a heartbeat but like mm-hmm. it was a part of the game like it was just something that was there it was accessible and you're almost like if you didn't do it you're out of the game now, there's yeah. a lot of guys that didn't, but there's a lot of guys that did that nobody will ever know about. Uh, Robbie Cano got caught doing steroids. From my understanding, it didn't seem like he was doing it because, like, oh, I want to pad my stats. It's more like, I just signed this big deal and I can't contribute to this team. So it's weird. When you think about guys in other countries, there's some things that are banned in the United States that aren't banned in Mexico, Dominican Republic, Venezuela. Mm-hmm. You can actually get some of this stuff over the counter. So some guys actually go home. They go to the hospital, they get pumped full of stuff, and then they fail a drug test. Mm-hmm. But they have no way to prove because they just use medication. They don't even think about it. You know, it's like, oh, this is going to make you feel better. Here you go. I had a buddy that failed from a B12 shot he got. He was sick. He went to the hospital in the Dominican Republic. Well, the B12 shot had a oil-based steroid that hadn't been used since the 50s. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He got banned for 80 games. And if you know this guy... He had like a 38-inch vertical. He was an incredible athlete, and he was a pitcher. There's no way he did anything like this. But just because mm-hmm. he tested positive, bad circumstance, he ate 80 games, you know, sat at home. Games. So there, as bad as the media portrays it sometimes, sometimes there are honest mistakes where guys 
are told this is okay and they're in a foreign country and they don't know now you kind of have to balance that out i had a really bad concussion when i played in the Dominican republic i took nothing i was miserable but i took nothing my agent told me don't take anything and i didn't i'm glad i didn't because you never know did you play in the dominican republic as well i did i did that's cool yeah my team ended up winning the championship so it was a neat experience what's it like playing in another country so playing the dominicans like being at the fair the carnival and a wild circus on a baseball field that sounds awesome yeah it's incredible we had cheerleaders on the dugouts there'd be people in stilts walking around there'd be a band People would be going nuts. 30,000 people there. I mean, think about that. The Dominican Republic is amazing. That's awesome. That sounds incredible. You can't even get greenie weenies. Exactly. You got to bring some of that influence back to Pittsburgh. That'd be incredible. I would love to see it, to be honest. I think between that and then even the Eastern culture in Pan, Korea, Taiwan, their culture is the same way. They're banging on stuff. They're having blasts. It's like a big party. Was it the Korean team for winning the championship? Got like a giant sword instead of a trophy? That would be the greatest thing ever. That happened. I'm pretty sure. Well, let me fact check myself here real quick. I may, go, I may have to go get in the weight room and get over to Korea and play some. That was one of my things I was going to try to do is play overseas in Japan or Korea. But just Yeah, November 24th, the team whose uh, mascot Swole Daddy, the NC Dinos, they had a giant sword. The Swole Dinos? They're the NC Dinos, and their mascot's name is Swole Daddy. And it's a really jacked dinosaur. That cannot be real. That's hilarious. That's probably what that pastor looked like from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this photo. That's crazy. Yeah, they got a trophy as well, I think, but they got a giant sword. An execution sword. That looks like Thor's sword, if he had a sword. How is he right? holding that up? That looks heavy. That's awesome. I need one of those in my life. You got to go play for the NC Dinos. And see dinos. I don't know where I would even put that. That's like a samurai sword. That's like, that thing shoots lightning bolts. No yeah, seriously. Seriously. That, that is a god's sword. You would not use that in combat whatsoever. No, no. Just throwing out lightning bolts. It's crazy. I was going to say, if you played in Japan, I was like, I want to hear all about that. Because I imagine that's insane. Yeah, the culture over there is, it's incredible. I've heard so many cool stories. They like worship the baseball. Like worship. And the way they treat the families that come over from the United States, they treat them absolutely remarkable. They put them up, they travel, they have an interpreter for them. Like, I mean, you talk about first class, Japan does it first class for all the foreigners that come over. I just think it's so cool how they do it. That's incredible. My brother-in-law is a professional golfer and spends some Yeah, and spent some time playing in Korea and they actually casted him for this Korean golf game show. And if you watch this, like we can't understand it because it's in Korean. So I have literally no idea what's going on, but they're like jumping over hurdles. They're rolling in water. It's so, so fun. And we don't have anything like that, obviously. We should have that in the United States. We need that kind of stuff. I really enjoy baseball, but I just feel like they could do so much more to make it fun. They just took from these other cultures. Yes. Or create extreme baseball. Yeah. Something I've wanted for a long time. So you get rid of replays. If you Mm -hmm. want to actually have a replay, you have a cage match with the umpire. Like an actual duel, like gladiators. Remember? Okay. You don't know what's going to happen. It could be the sticks where you lose the balance. It could be an actual like wrestling match. It's always different. And then each team has an enforcer. 
So if you had a pop-up foul, I think there should be a guy that could run and tackle you. And I also think there should be a penalty box and guys should be able to duke it out. So, you know, like baseball, they, you know, start chirping, they come in and they, you know, pat each other on the butt and then they go back. Yeah. It's kind of like all optics. I want to let two guys go at it, pull the jerseys over like in hockey. And then one guy that they think caused the problem, he goes in the penalty box. We get the power play in baseball. I love this idea. Let's just bring up the energy like 45 notches. It's going to be a long uphill battle, but we're going to need to clip that. And I think we're going to have to petition to have you be the new commissioner and just (laughs) baseball. I'm all in. I'm all in. (laughs) Make baseball 10 times more fun. I already love baseball, but if like the Mets and Yankees are playing in the middle of the game, we can just have Pete Alonso get into a brawl with Aaron Judge. I think two big boys going at it would be entertaining. Yeah, I think Judge wins. Just saying. I don't know. I mean, he's another possible cyborg. We're still. Alonzo's a thick boy. He is. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I just think those two going at it would be really entertaining. (laughs) I think why not? Like, have some fun with it, right? And I think, too, like, now that they're doing all the FanDuel stuff, they're bringing in betting. I think, you know, maybe 10 games a year, let fans make the decisions. How fun would that be? You know, That'd like, be interesting. You let, let 10 or 15 fans win something and they make the decisions. Almost like who wants to be a millionaire when they yeah. go to the audience and it's like A, B, or C and they pick their choice. Oh, I like that. Isn't that cool? That'd be a cool idea. The only concern I have is if it's like up in a big screen saying like, so-and-so is going to throw a fastball down the middle. That's going to kind of make it really easy for the batter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Or, well, maybe the players. Well, I guess the players have to be able to see it. What about a money inning, like a like a money ball inning? So, like you put in like a ball that's worth like eight points or eight mm-hmm. runs. Sorry, not points, eight runs. And then, like maybe one inning, you let the batters use a metal bat. I heard like wrinkles in there for fun. Extreme not, baseball. I'm not gonna take this credit for this. I heard this idea on Pardon My Take a while ago. But the idea is, one player gets an aluminum bat, and you can make it like the worst batter, the pitcher, let's say. Yeah. And that way they just hit like a dinger and it'd be great. Cause then you get more home runs and most time pitchers kind of suck at batting anyway, if they have an edge. Also the ball should always be juiced. I agree completely. There's too many strikeouts and it's not watch. They're going to look up this year and it's not going to make like big difference. It's pitching's getting better and better and better. And they're trying to catch hitting up to it, but not juicing the ball makes no sense. Yeah. So who is the toughest pitcher you had to bat against? Ooh, good question. Kerry Wood was one of the hardest guys I'd ever faced. He threw me a fastball at my face, then a cutter and two sliders, and I wanted to go home and cry to mom. Oh. It was, like, devastating. And he was, like, somebody I looked up to, you know, as a kid. And I remember as a rookie, I was like, oh, I'm going to face Kerry Wood. Maybe I'll get a base hit. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> he was, like, 40 at the time. And I was like, man, this, this league is pretty hard. <laughs> wow and then wade davis maybe just i was on fire and i was in colorado i had three hits going into this at bat he threw me three pitches cutter on the black cutter on the black breaking ball and i literally as a breaking ball is coming in i'm walking to the dugout it's like i have no shot it was the best sequence i've seen all year oh my god I'm surprised the ball didn't actually hit me as i was walking I think baseball is one of those weird things where people are like, oh, they're not real athletes because, like, yeah, maybe you're not the fastest people. But the barrier to entry, I think, is the highest in baseball because you need perfect hand-eye coordination to hit a 90-mile-an-hour ball. The hardest thing to do in all sports is hit a baseball. 
probably the hardest profession to stick to is probably golf. I mean, hitting a baseball, you don't have to be in the best shape. You don't have to do this, but like all those things help. It's really hard. And with the ability to look at, you know, science now and look at the computer and say, oh, well, if I increase my RPMs and the spin rate, I'll get more deception on my fastball and more bite on my breaking ball. And if I put these two closer together, they won't be able to recognize it as well. So like science is changing the game rapid pace. Maybe that's why the Mets can't hit on base at all. You have another cyborg. There you go. DeGrom. That guy is not. DeGrom at the beginning of the season said he's not going to get into the Hall of Fame on wins. So he's going to get as many Cy Youngs as possible. I faced him. He's really good. I can imagine. I mean, there is some stat that my brother texted me. He's had like 150 one hit games that the Mets have blown the second he gets off the mound. Crazy. That's why you play 162. Area uh, hit against Big Sexy, Bartolo Colon. I did, but I didn't face him when he was, he didn't have that like super sinker. I faced him when he was still throwing hard, harder. So uh, when before he got the largest BMI in pro baseball? Oh yeah. I mean, he's an athlete though. Oh yeah. I think it was 450 wins to get to a guaranteed the Hall of Fame for a pitcher. He's two wins shy and he's trying to make a comeback. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that like, just to have his personality on the team, I'd want him on the team. The Pirates go get him for fun. He is awesome. I loved when we had him on the team. He was so much fun to watch. Yeah, and it's cool to see someone like that. And there's other guys throughout the league. When you, you start to, like, lose the ability to throw 97 and you don't have that sharp breaking ball, how they kind of, like, rework their stuff and become a completely different guy. That's what he did. Stories like that are never going to get old. He's he just also, like, oh, like a little sinker in there. It's beautiful. I remember Googling this. So he's not the heaviest baseball player ever, but he has the largest BMI because he's only like, what, five, eight or five, nine. Yeah, he's, he's not tall. I think DC Sabathia has like 10 pounds on him, but Big Sexy. They're being generous. But CC looks good now. Have you seen him lately? No, I've not. He looks better than I've seen him probably since he was a rookie. Oh, did you play with CC when you were in Boston? Uh, I did not play. I faced him when I was in Tampa. It's the only uh, time I came across him. What was your favorite locker room you were in? The most fun locker room, like pranks. Everyone's had a good time. It's not to necessarily be like a winning season or a losing season, just where everyone just really gelled and had a good time. You know, probably 2007, my low A team, it went from the coaching staff all the way down. That group of guys was just remarkable. I'll never forget. We... <laughs> We were in a funk and our manager came on the bus and said, anybody in their rooms at 11 o'clock tonight and not at the cowboy bar is going to get fined a thousand dollars. That's a month of pay in the minor leagues, thousand bucks. That's a month of pay. Of course we're all there and we get there. He's on the bull when we get there is absolutely outstanding. And then we went on a winning streak. We were just putting so much pressure on ourselves. He just wanted us to kind of like cut loose. That's and like incredible. Chasing your dream. Yeah. And when a coach can like put himself out there like that, that's amazing. So yeah, it's stuff like that all year long to kind of like bring out the best in us. That sounds like a great coaching staff. It has to go to the bar. So that's yeah. also a great way to bond as a team. If everyone's just sitting just in their like, room alone. Yeah. And like, if you just wanted to go, it's just a chance to be with your teammates, right. And hang yeah. out and kind of like forget about the game. You got absolutely annihilated and just go be a person again. And forget about the Jersey you wear the next day. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Were you a prankster or was anyone on any of your teams a big prankster? 
Um, yes, I definitely had some pranksters. And if they dished it, I would go back. Yes. But the only thing about baseball is, and being politically correct, I watched the game change. So mm -hmm. like when I came to the big leagues, I got dressed up like a baby because mm -hmm. I was a rookie. You know, the big oiled me up, I had a huge diaper, I had to serve everybody's food on the plane. I had to go to a local restaurant and serve for an hour before we left to go to the plane. Oh my God. I had to go to a five-star dinner and eat the diaper. And that was like what you did, right? Some, mm -hmm. some people were a really derby team. Like it just depends on like who gets you and who wants to kind of throw that out there. But that's kind of like your initiation into the league. It's all stopped in certain places. They're trying to bring it back. It's not about like making people feel bad about themselves. Or it's just fun team engaged moments. Mm -hmm. You know, remember forever. Like I have those pictures and I laugh so hard every time I see them. It's yeah. priceless, right? Like yeah. it's something you never forget. Like I'm a major league baseball player and I'm dressed as a baby. <laughs> and that's not hurting anyone either. It's just fun. I think like the world needs a lot of fun. So I, I like where the game's at right now. You know, them celebrating home runs and, you know, doing some fun stuff and guys not getting, I guess, pissed about it. In, mm -hmm. in the old school way they throw at each other now they're starting to kind of let it slide and have some fun so back to that though were there any particularly good pranks pulled on you any memorable ones so not me i was a very good teammate so uh -huh. I, I i stayed away from anybody's prankster list but like we had cars out on the field during batting practice um <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones we saw cars actually taking the wheels taken off and put on blocks Oh my god. Guys uniform frozen solid before the game. That's, <laughs> That's a lot of effort. A lot of effort. Yep. And then the worst one ever is a guy and I can't believe this actually happened. They took Red Hot, which is like this atomic cream. It opens up your pores and it is like I, I mean it's literally like the sun hitting you like directly. It burns so bad. You have to have like really thick skin to even handle it. Mm -hmm. Put it around his jock strap. And he went out and yeah, yeah, he went out and played. Listen, and you can't get it to go away. It has to play its course, period. So oh like my god. Hours into the game, he's sweating bullets. And the worst part, I think he did well. And I think he <laughs> did it again the next day on his own. No joke. So going back to that superstition. That is a brutal one. That's really funny oh, though. Brutal. Yeah, and like the the itching powder is another one I saw a couple times. No, no bueno. That's a rough one. That's really funny. That's tough. Yeah. So maybe this is a good point to wrap up, Steve. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. This has been really fun. And yeah. I'm being 100% serious when I say we're going to go Bigfoot hunting. <laughs> yes. All right. So when your season's over and COVID's over, we will reconvene and we'll go Bigfoot hunting. We can. Maybe we'll go squonk hunting. We'll go squonk hunting. Yeah. In Philadelphia and not in Pennsylvania. That'd be yeah. closer. Here's our promise to you. We will find a Bigfoot hunter and we'll interview them. We'll develop a relationship. And then when your baseball season is over, we'll have them take us all Bigfoot hunting. I'm all in. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's our promise to you. We will, before the baseball season ends, we will get a hookup with a uh, with Bigfoot hunter. Perfect. That sounds amazing. Plug whatever you'd like now, social media, anything you want. I mean, at the Fort McHenry is where you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm more active on Twitter. And then, you know, if you watch baseball, just see me time and time and again on MOB Network and on AT&T Sportsnet.
Yeah, and look out for Michael's next broadcast where he brings up Greeny Weenie. Yes, I'm, I'm going to look for Greeny Weenie. 100%. Actually, please do. That'd be incredible. All right, well, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. God bless. Well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Michael's an awesome dude. We're definitely going to go Bigfoot hunting with him in the offseason. I am dead set on that. We're going to make it happen. We need to find ourselves a Bigfoot hunter but we got to find one who is not a crackhead and won't murder us in our sleep and is chill. Like that guy from Sasquatch episode one, Bobo or something. Professional Sasquatcher. The thing about Bigfoot hunting is like, you're never going to actually find a Bigfoot, right? Uh, How does it end? Like, do you just go out into the woods and like not find anything? We would just, (laughs) I think we basically go camping. Yeah. All right, I, I think that's what that. it goes down to. Yeah, I think we basically just go camping with a crazy person who thinks they've seen Bigfoot. All right, cool. Michael's a big guy, so I feel safe. <laughs> Professional athlete, he can protect us. Exactly. So, do you want to read a review? Oh, good idea. I haven't done that in a while. I can pull one up. I'm trying to see. Okay, have we read this one from Techwin yet? Yeah, we did. You actually read that one. Which ones haven't we read? I don't know which ones, but we haven't read some of them. Hello, Alana. I don't think we read that we one. We read that one. We've read that one twice by accident. Shit. We're going to read a review off Podchaser. We've never done that. Pick any of these reviews. So I'm just going to read this first one. This is from Jake Thomas. And Jake says, these two have an amazing thing going here and discuss some very interesting topics. Their intro music does a great job of getting me into the right mindset and pumped to listen to the podcast. Well, thanks, Jake. Thank you very much, Jake. We appreciate that. We like the intro music, too. And we like your profile picture. It's a puffin. Do the puffins lose their beaks? What? Yeah. What do you mean they lose their beaks? Like they shed them like a... Yeah. Whoa. What does it look like when they don't have it? I have no idea. <laughs> right now. How do you know that? That's a really good question. I have no idea. There's a lot of useless information that just stored up in this brain. Yeah. <laughs> Puffin, no beak. It's currently unknown why puffins lose their... Well, actually, I don't know if victoriaadvocate.com is ah! a reliable source. Ew, wait, they look really freaky. Is that bizarre? It's like a butthole <laughs> on its face. Okay, anyways. You can get a random, really strange animal fact. Either of us will just throw it out there. It doesn't matter who. There's no planning involved. Okay, so thank you guys for listening. Next week, we're going to be back with Sasquatch, Sasquatch weed murder mystery documentary. Mm-hmm. You can find that on Hulu. We should see if that guy wants to come on our show. I guarantee he's probably doing press tours right now because he's- That's like, very true. That could be a decent grab. Maybe we'll look into that. Sure. Okay, thanks again for listening, everyone. As I said at the beginning of the show, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a five-star review. It really helps- with the algorithm. Also, mm-hmm. make sure to follow Michael McHenry on social. I believe he's just at Fort McHenry on Instagram and Twitter. I'll have that all linked in the description. And we're going to go Bigfoot hunting with him at some point. And we're going <laughs> to try and get some sponsors to pay for everything. Yeah. So you guys can find us on Instagram and Twitter at podcast underscore misfits. You can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. Just type in misfits and mysteries. And then also check out our website, misfitsandmysteries.com. That's where you can check out our blogs, newsletter, sign up for the newsletter, etc. So 
check it out. Yeah. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay spooky, guys. Bye. Bye.